Health Matters with Laura Kopeck focuses on the confusing matters of health, how to understand and take matters of our health into our own hands. I'm your host, Laura Kopeck, naturopath, functional practitioner, health educator, and today we're going to talk about our digestive system. As we continue with the holiday season and the growing sales of antacids, I thought it would be a good way to close 2021 with the simplest of explanations of the digestive system. Our digestion begins in the brain. That's right, our brains. A lot of us don't think about digestion beginning in our brains, but it actually does because that's where we have our relationship with food. Many of us have complicated relationships with food. We have developed these conclusions about food based on experiences we've had with food. And in this country especially, we align a lot of our food consumption with our socialization. And so eating becomes a real source of pleasure. Our mouth may even water, uh, triggering a digestive function just from the way we think about food. It's really important to have a healthy relationship with food because it does impact our digestive system. But regardless of what our relationship is, our conclusions about food do begin in the brain. The next phase of digestion happens in our mouth. We have a lot of different enzymes in our saliva that help us break down carbohydrates. Our mouth is an important part of our health, not just because of the way that we need to care for our teeth and gums, but in all actuality, it's a big part of the way that our entire body deals with inflammation and bacteria and viruses, even our hormones will manifest inflammation in our gum line. Uh, viruses may replicate along the gum line. So our mouth is a very important part of digestion and our overall health. Chewing our food really well is an important part of our digestive system as well, because when we mix the food with our saliva, we're going to mix it with these, those enzymes. So it's going to be a more thorough digestive process if we chew our food really well. So it's not about just manners when we chew our food, but it is about that digestive system. As our food travels from our mouth down into our stomach, we think about our stomachs as being things we fill up, but our stomach plays an important part in our immune system as well. Our stomach acid that we generate actually is so acidic, they say that outside of our stomach, it might even burn a hole through our bones. So it's that kind of acid. And the cool thing about it is you know, we wash our food in this acid and it's our first line of defense that acid is going to kill uh, certain kinds of bacteria and organisms uh, because food is not always coming at us sterile. So our stomach acid is an important part of our functioning immune system. Often when I'm working with individuals that have low stomach acid, they actually also might have um, a poorer resistance to colds and flus and things of that nature um, because they're not killing off some of that, the things that come into us uh, hand to mouth or on our food. So it is a really important part of our immune system. And, but then also we are washing our food in this acid where it will 
dissolve and we turn solid and chewed food into a puree. And that's really important because we want to dissolve those proteins so we can get to those amino acids. Those amino acids become precursors to neurotransmitters like dopamine and serotonin. So we think about our proteins as an important part of muscles and um, just overall healthy weight and exercise, but they're super important for our mental health as well. And then we're going to also dissolve and melt minerals. Um, some of those minerals are going to be easier to dissolve with the acid, but some are a little harder, like iron. Iron is just what we think it is. It's a really tough mineral. And often people that are anemic or have low iron, their functional imbalance may have originated in poor stomach acid production. That's also why some iron supplements can be constipating because they're not being absorbed properly. That's the original problem that set in motion uh, the nutritional deficiency. So it's really important to understand why your body might do certain things. Uh, if we're not absorbing our nutrients properly through both our stomach and stomach acid, and then the next phase that I'll get into, we are going to um, be deficient in those nutrients, which can lead to a lot of different problems. Uh, minerals like magnesium that help regulate bowel movements and muscles and brain function and all kinds of important things are associated with many of our minerals. So it's pretty important that our stomach acid is producing correctly. Another misconception about stomach acid is when people experience reflux or heartburn, they believe that they're generating too much stomach acid. And it's quite possible that someone may be deficient in stomach acid. There's a valve uh, that closes between our stomach and our esophagus. And that valve closes when we produce enough stomach acid to close the valve. It's a little bit like the analogy I like to use is the toilet. When you flush the toilet, there's that uh, ball in the back that when it reaches a certain level, it knows that we're supposed to, that the toilet is supposed to stop producing or stop flowing the water. So sometimes when the stomach acid being produced isn't enough to close the valve, that valve stays open. So then when certain foods are being digested and require more stomach acid, that just bubbles right up into the top. And of course, nobody wants to have that feeling of reflux or heartburn. It's a very uncomfortable feeling. But if the problem is actually low stomach acid, and then a person takes an antacid to stop the production of stomach acid to get out of the crisis of feeling the burn, heartburn and reflux, they're actually perpetuating the original problem, um, which is why often antacids become something that somebody uses on a regular basis. So if your body is producing more stomach acid 
to digest certain foods and your overall uh, constitution is where you don't generate enough stomach acid to close the valve between the stomach and the esophagus, then suppressing that stomach acid with an antacid may actually perpetuate the problem. Now, somebody may need those antacids to get out of um, a crisis. There are several natural uh, support products uh, that can help with that burn and, and not really suppress stomach acid. Activated charcoal is one. It is one of nature's gift. It can act as a sponge. Uh, it cannot be taken with um, certain medications and certain supplements because you don't want to interfere in that process. Um, but it's also beneficial to examine and work with somebody if you are having reflux, um, if you are using an antacid, because if all you're doing is creating a loop where you're experiencing the same problem uh, over and over again and correcting the symptom instead of getting through the root of it, you're actually interfering in, in your nourishment. Our bodies crave nutrition. We can eat poor foods that mess with craving centers of the brain and then can interfere in what we're craving. But if we also consume empty calories or if we don't digest properly, our bodies are going to constantly seek um, food and we may be continuing to, again, perpetuate a cycle of which there's no real benefit at the other end of it. Okay. Let's go from the stomach to the next part of our digestive system, which is the small intestine. The small intestine has tiny hair-like fibers, so delicate, so thin, and they act as sponges, very delicate and feather-like sponges to take that very pureed food and sop it up, sop the nutrients up in those hair-like fibers, in those sponges. So if we are not really dissolving our food in a very acidic uh, manner and getting into that very melted and dissolved food, then we might not be sponging up uh, properly. And if we cause damage to the intestinal barrier function, if we cause damage to some of those wispy hair-like fibers, um, we can trigger an immune response we can possibly create antibodies like IgGs, which are associated with food intolerance and sensitivities. They may not be a true allergy, which is an IgE, an immunoglobulin E, um, but those undigested food particles can work their way into the bloodstream where they get uh, tagged as being in the wrong place at the wrong time. Um, and so, it's an immune response that gets engaged. So it's really important to maintain that smooth uh, surface to the intestinal walls. It's not only where we're going to absorb correctly, um, but we also want this very nice tube where our food flows correctly. If there's inflammation, that tube can kind of inflame itself to where it acts almost like a funnel. 
If you've ever worked with a funnel before, when you pour stuff in, you can't pour it too fast because it will actually overflow on the outside of the funnel. It has to go in slow and easily. Well, if we inflame um, our small intestines then and create this funnel, uh, we can build up methane and hydrogen gas. We can literally, our food can kind of pile up there and it can rot instead of digest properly. And when things rot very much like a landfill, it's going to produce methane gas. Now, some of this is a natural process. We're going to produce a normal amount of methane and hydrogen as part of a digestive process. But if we overproduce too much, then we can get into a very bloated and gassy feeling. Uh, sometimes some people can feel a little nauseous with that amount of methane or hydrogen. So food just doesn't really sit well. And that can create a complicated relationship uh, in our digestive system with food, especially when foods contain um, different kinds of saccharides or glucose or fructose. So we can really struggle with those um, polysaccharides, disaccharides. So again, in those situations, it can be much more comforting to slow down how fast food is being eaten, have things in smaller portions at a time, but also working with somebody where you can look at, does that inflammation interfere in the way that your digesting food, absorbing food, and in your overall comfort and experience with eating and digesting. Some of you may have heard the term SIBO, stands for small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, or a leaky gut. Those are some very common terms that have been used to describe some of the inflammation and discomfort associated with poor absorption. Now let's move from the small intestine to the large intestine. This is where we want to finalize our digestive process. Um, we're gonna send food into a place where it's gonna be basically sorted and some of it will be turned into waste. That waste is stuff that we're not gonna use for nourishment and that should be eliminated from the body. We want a slightly acidic environment in the large intestine, especially in the descending colon. We want short chain fatty acids from soluble and insoluble fibers to help regulate that acidity so that we also don't trigger an immune system in that part, an immune response in that part of our digestive system. This is where we can get also congested. Um, if we're not eliminating that waste on a regular basis, then we can get layers and layers of that. It can start to impact itself. Sometimes the large intestinal walls have suction cups that will sometimes try to reabsorb nutrients uh, back into the system, possibly sending uh, these things back into the liver to be filtered again by the liver in our bloodstream. But it's also a place where if we don't eliminate properly, we can create a lot more inflammation that can lead to an increased risk 
of colon cancer. It's also an environment where if we get everything kind of trapped and impacted, then we're going to get a proliferation of bacteria, um, different organisms uh, that we don't want to be there. And those can cause problems if they get trapped in layers of impacted waste. And so it's really important that we have a elimination system, you know, good things in, if we're eating good things, if everything's working for us from our mouth to our stomach to our small intestine, then it's going to help us work in our large intestine as well. Another part of our digestive system, although we somewhat think about it that way, and we also don't think about it that way, is the partnership that goes on between our liver and our gallbladder. And the liver is helping to generate bile, and that bile is helping to break down fats. So if our gallbladder is properly uh, producing uh, bile and sending the bile through the bile ducts, we're going to break down our fats. And this is a really important part of the digestive process. Our, our fats are responsible for helping us with fat-soluble nutrients like vitamin D, which is so important to our immune system. Vitamin A and E are also fat-soluble. But healthy fats like essential fatty acids like omegas, omega-3, those are really important for our brain, um, but they also help with our mood and they also help lubricate the intestinal tract. So it's a nice big cycle that happens. But also again, if we're not absorbing minerals like magnesium, if we're not producing enough stomach acid, if we produce too much methane gas, that can all lead to constipation. There are a number of factors that go into constipation, but those can be a few. And if you start stacking this up all together, it can lead to a really problematic system. So it's really important to think about how our digestive system works in a really easy to understand way so we can start to think about, oh, if I put food in my mouth, it's not really just about, am I enjoying it? Am I liking it? Um, it really is about how does this fit with my body? Does it benefit me um, so that I can have the most amount of benefit from the food that we eat? Our relationship with food, the way that we socialize with food, it's become very important that we have this um, enjoyable experience, but we really need to remember that our digestive system serves a fundamental function because our food is also supposed to be our fuel and it has to be handled by the engine correctly so that the car will go. And so we need to understand how food is processed through the many steps that are our digestive system so that we can begin to understand this behind the scenes relationship that we have with food and are we in harmony with it. I hope you've enjoyed that simple explanation of the digestive system. It can get pretty scientific at times, but I find that it's really important for us to understand things at a very, very simple level so we can take more ownership of what is really happening in our bodies. I think it's important to understand what's going on behind the scenes. 
We have a relationship with food that is going on in our brain, but there's also a relationship with food going on in our digestive system. And if we're just kind of coping or dealing with symptoms or trying to resolve symptoms, but not getting to the root of the problem, we're really not only affecting our other relationship with food, but we're affecting our health in the long run. I hope you think twice next time you take a forkful or an antacid or feel a little bloated. Hope you reach out and work with somebody that might be able to help you bring your body back into balance. I'm Laura Kopek. This has been another episode of Health Matters, and I hope you join us again and have a happy holiday.